0: Amen 50 KFUO Worldwide at KFUO.org. We are the messenger of good news. This is the Midday Moments program. It's time now for our moment in scripture with Pastor Matt Clark of Ascension Lutheran Church in South St. Louis. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, Gary. Thanks for having me on. And we read Numbers 9 through 21. What are your highlights from this week?
1: A little more action here in the book of Numbers. Uh, Some of our listeners might be surprised by that. The book doesn't sound that too exciting with a title like Numbers, but a little more action than we saw in the book of Leviticus, certainly. We see things like some of those familiar accounts, uh, the center around, I think, Gary, the Israelites grumbling. (laughs) So they're in the wilderness, uh, they're on their way to the promised land, and they are grumbling. They want Uh, meat. Yeah, they want meat. All they've got Mm -hmm. is stinking manna every morning when they get up, uh, at least three, six days a week, uh, but they want meat. So uh, God provides for them, and he says, you want meat? Okay, I'll give you meat. And so for 30 days, that's all they have is meat. Uh, they just have quail. And he says they're going to eat it till it runs out their noses, till they're yeah. sick of it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that'll show you. And hopefully it does show them uh, that the Lord provides. He is gracious. He's merciful. But be grateful for his provision. Don't grumble complain about it. So we have the grumbling about meat. We have grumbling about water, not enough water. We have that account of, of Moses not just speaking to the rock, but striking the rock, not once but twice, going against God's direction. Uh, we have grumbling about the promised land itself. We, in this account, we actually see them get there. They send those 12 spies and then 10 of them grumble about how they can't overtake this land because oh, the, the cities are just too great and the people are too great, even though the Lord had promised that, Yes. Uh, this is the land that I'm giving to you. So we see a lot of grumbling. I think that's and one there's, of the themes there.
0: There's judgment on those, the men too, right? Those, oh, yeah. So there's
1: returned. judgment on those uh, 10 spies who doubted the Lord's providing, but there's also judgment on the whole people there. So because of that, they spent 40 days spying out the land. So God says, all right, you're going to spend 40 years, a year for each day that you spied out that land. And for 40 years, you're going to wander in the wilderness. And during those 40 years, everyone who is 20 or older is going to die. And the only ones that can enter are the, the children, basically, of that generation. It's kind of ironic. Their fear was, oh, we're going to go to this, this promised land. And then the giants there, they're going to kill our kids. And the irony in God's command is, well, the kids are going to be the only ones who actually do make it into the promised land because the adults are going to die off there in the wilderness. I guess the one account I really wanted to highlight, though, uh, is the account in chapter 21 where we have this bronze serpent. And we see this pattern again. We see the Israelites grumble and complain. They sin. We see God disciplines them, a call to repentance. We see the people repent. And then we see God deliver the people. It's that, that, that cycle that happens over and over again and again and again in the wilderness and even uh, into the book of Judges. as They're in the promised land. But the people sin and they complain once again. They become impatient with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Why did you bring us to die in this wilderness? For there's no food and there's no water. And then... That's the complaining. And then here's the Lord's discipline. The Lord sent them, it says in verse 6, fiery serpents among the people, that they bit the people so that many of the people of Israel died. So these these fiery serpents that he brings, and fiery might be the color of the serpent, but more likely it's describing their bite. It probably was painful when he got bit. And as it says, many died. So that's God's discipline. And then we see uh, the repentance of the people, verse 7. And the people came to Moses and said, we have sinned for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. So, Moses prayed for the people. So, we see that repentance. And now we see God's deliverance in verse 8. And the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. And Moses made a bronze serpent, set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent and he would live. So, God's deliverance. This bronze serpent on a pole that if the people looked at it after being bit by a snake, they would they would live. So how were they delivered? Why were they delivered? You know, it's not just because there's some magical power to this metal snake on a pole, but instead it's that promise from God that's attached to it. God's word of promise attached to that snake that if in faith people look to it, then they would indeed live. They they wouldn't die. The interesting thing about this, two things, Gary, um, about this snake on a pole. uh, One interesting thing is we read on and then we get to 2 Kings chapter 18. And the people are in the promised land now. They have these kings. And guess what? They saved this bronze serpent. And now it's become an idol. People start to worship this thing. uh, And they start to pray to it and worship it rather than the creator, rather than the Lord. And it gets so bad that King Hezekiah at the time, this good and faithful king, has to destroy this serpent. He has to, to get rid of this serpent that they carried over from the wilderness because it had become a stumbling block to faith because they started to worship the serpent rather than worship the Lord. So that's kind of an interesting account, too.
0: Is there any connection with the serpent and also later on into the New Testament or even in previous reading?
1: Yeah, yeah, two good con- yeah, some good connections, Gary. And that I guess that was my second point was Jesus makes like a really, really clear connection for us in John chapter three. Uh, right before John three sixteen, you know, the Bible verse that everyone knows, uh, for God so loved the world, right, is John 3, verse 14. And here's what Jesus says. He's talking to Nicodemus and he says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so that bronze serpent on a pole, so must the son of man, that's Jesus, be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. So, it's kind of interesting. Jesus compares himself to this bronze snake. And just as people would look at that bronze serpent in the wilderness and in faith would live, well, so also those who look to Jesus in faith will live. You know, we're, we're bitten with a, a worse venom. Uh, we're bitten by sin. We have the venom, the poison of sin running through our veins. And the cure, the antidote to that is Jesus Christ. And so, when we look to him in faith, we are forgiven. Uh, When we look to the cross in faith, we are forgiven. And and we're spared from the fatal bite of sin and given life everlasting. So yeah, Gary, that would be my biggest connection between that snake in the wilderness is to Jesus here in John chapter 3, where Jesus himself compares him to This bronze snake that's on a pole. It's kind of interesting, I think, you know, because I I think, like you said, Gary, we think snakes bad, right? Um, Right. You know, we think of temptation all the way back in Genesis and Adam and Eve, and and that's very true. Uh, But here, uh, God uses a snake to do good, um, to be something that He attaches His word of promise to, and finally, even point us ahead to Jesus, uh, that one who would be raised up on that greater pole, that pole of the wooden cross on Calvary. And we look to him, and we find healing and restoration in him. I enjoy this book of the Bible, and I think there's some great stuff here. So uh, we'll see more good stuff as we continue our reading through Numbers. Our assignment for next week, uh, we invite you to, to read along with us, Numbers 22 through 36.
0: Okay, would you like to lead us in a prayer?
1: Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Heavenly Father, um, we are <laughs> we are bitten by sin. Uh, we have that that venom of sin running through our veins. And if left unchecked and untreated, Lord, we know that we only face death and eternal damnation. Lord, give us uh, eyes of faith to look to Jesus Christ and his cross, that in him we might find that antidote, that healing from sin, so that sin is taken away and that we have that assurance of life now and forevermore in him. We pray this in the name of our Savior. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Clark.
1: Yeah, thank you, Gary. Fun as always.
0: We are the messenger of good news worldwide at KFUO.org. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash KFUO Radio. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, and wherever you get your podcast.